Blog Talk Radio. For all the news you need to know, welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. I want to say happy Thursday uh, to you fantastic people out there. Hope that you had a great weekend. For those of you who might have um, celebrated over the weekend or had cookouts, just a great time uh, exploring and enjoying life. Um, I hope that you had a great time doing that as well. Uh, we took a little break, uh, uh, but we are back, you guys. And I'm excited. we got a new guest. Joining us this evening, you guys, we got Nick Goose, uh, Adiyima. He's going to have to help me work on that name. I've been trying to practice for a while, but we're going we're to get it right. But we have Nick Goose on the show this evening, you guys, and we're going to be talking about his poetry, his spoken word, um, and he's also just released um, a book um, in May, actually, and so he's going to come on and he's going to be talking about that with us, um, about his art, about his passion and what he enjoys um, doing. And so um, tonight, you guys, um, as always, the Beautiful Butterfly Show is brought to you by YRN 1328. That means you're listening to a station that's being broadcast globally you guys. So big shots out to YRN1328. And for you folks out there who may have a question or you just want to simply listen, I know some of you guys are getting off of work, so uh, you can always just call in, listen to the interview. Uh, the number is 347-326-9139 is the number, you guys. And so make sure you share the show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those great places that let everybody know um, about our special guest this evening, you guys. And so before we get into that, we got to of course, pay a few bills, you guys. And so we're going to come back, and then we're going to welcome our special guest of the evening, you guys, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing event. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2. And Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. 
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Once again, I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And, of course, we're going to welcome our special guest uh, of the evening, uh, Negus. You there? Yes, yes, beautiful Bianca. I am here. Negus Adiemi is here. Welcome, welcome. You know, I've been, I've been practicing. I've been practicing that name for a couple of days. I, I'm going to get it right. <laughs> no problem. You, you, did, you did good. You did good. Don't worry about it. You good. You good. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. And so, um, Nicholas, for the people out here who may not be familiar with who you are, tell us a little bit about who is Nicholas. Um, well, Nicholas, <clears throat> Nicholas Adiemi is a first generation son of uh, parents from the island of Barbados. Uh, Nicholas is, well, I am very, very cultural, in tune with my culture, my Beijing roots, my African heritage, um, poetry, family, father, husband. Also, mm-hmm. uh, during the day, I'm also an electrical engineer. So I'm, uh, I guess I'm a true Gemini. I'm, I have both of my sides fully active. Right. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And so for you, um, take us back to the beginning of when you first discovered um, your love, uh, your passion for for words, for poetry, for for reading, and and, and just you know, um, getting as much as you could, as, as gaining as much knowledge as you could um, from those things around you. Not a problem. Um, so my father is a Calypsonian, a folk folk musician too from Barbados. Um, his name is Archie. Back in the day, his name used to be Archie Killer Miller, but he's just Archie Miller today. Um, so I, I literally okay. grew up around storytelling, uh, around Calypso, mm-hmm. which if you do listen to or read my poetry, you can, you can see that a lot of my poetry is inspired by uh, Calypso because of the many mm-hmm. double entendres, mm-hmm. like the right in, the metaphors, the clever wordplay, as most Calypso is written in. So as far back as possible, I can remember I've always been in love and awe with words and, and, and wordplay and writing and metaphors and double entendres. They always seemed so clever to me at a young age where you're hearing these songs and you may think on a surface level that it's about one thing, but when you actually analyze it properly, it's about something totally different. So from as far back, I can remember it, that was always so uh, amazing to me. So not knowing, just growing up around that as much as possible, I didn't really start taking writing seriously until my, my senior year in college. I've, I've always played around with words. I've always had words always written and everything else, but I never took it seriously until my senior year of college. I've been taking it seriously ever since then. Absolutely amazing, amazing. So for you, um, delving and having such a blend um, of different um, cultural experiences, and so uh, thus far leading, uh, when did you discover um, you were able to write poetry and and what was it about poetry that made you, you know, kind of express yourself uh, through words and spoken words? Yeah, very good question. I realized it when had a, a, a life-altering experience, and um, mm-hmm. I just started writing. Just couldn't stop. Yeah. Words were just, I just had to write. It was paining me not to write. It was giving me pain of not letting out what I, what I felt, what I saw, and right. I would just write, 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 write. And I would look back and say, okay, this looks nice. But it wasn't until 
couple of my friends saw what I was writing and was like, Oh, this this is okay. This is this is this is pretty good. And I'm like, it's good. Well, I never thought anything about it. So maybe like a year <laughs> after I started, a year after I started writing, a, a couple of friends of mine invited me to an open mic in um, East Orange, New Jersey. At, at the time, I was I was living in New Jersey in um, Bloomfield, mm-hmm. New Jersey, after college, and um, a couple of my friends took me out to an open mic. I didn't really know about the whole poetry culture or poetry atmosphere. Right. I was like, well, you know, let me go and see what it's about. And I remember mm-hmm. I, I felt so uh, the whole week leading up to mm-hmm. it. And then from the time I got out the car, going to the venue, I was so nervous. I mean, like trembling, voice scared, and, and stomach hurting, everything. Well, I, I just got so scared from the time I got to the car to the venue. But then uh, once I got inside and started hearing the other poets, I'm like, okay, all right. So once I saw how how the energy was, how amazing it was, mm-hmm. and how people felt inspired, people felt touched, different stories were being told, and how, um, you know, just just the whole, the whole environment felt. I was like, wow, this is a, a very powerful cipher. You know, this is like a a, right. a, a church. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> feeling, feeling all these words, you know, like a, a whole right. sanctuary, you know. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. And do you think that uh, looking back, um, if if you hadn't went um, through uh, that period of time um, of different various events happening in your life, do you think that uh, you would have been able to write uh, the way you're able to write now had it not been for that initial experience, experience which drawed, you know, you to write and express yourself? Yeah, I, I probably would not have even thought about writing poetry if that didn't yeah. Uh, yeah, transpire. Probably wouldn't mm-hmm. even thought about it at, at all. Because I was sometimes I knew the poetry, I know about spoken word, but I never thought about me being a writer. No, I always grew right. up admiring the writers, the the poets, the rappers, the people who actually had uh, very clever lyrics, and I always look, I, was, I mm-hmm. admired them. Like, wow, that's, that's a real skill that they have. So I never, I never wanted to say, go in and say that, you know, I'm not good enough. Let me, let me just add, analyze mm-hmm. and admire the talent that people have. But, you know, absolutely. Hey, and sometimes um, I think that also we don't realize um, what we hold inside before we write it. Like I think sometimes we know our feelings and emotions, but then when you write it and you happen to go back and you read it and you reflect, you be like, wow, you know, like I was really, you know, feeling some type of way about the situation. And so for you, even now, do you have those moments where you go back and you may read um, some of your old, your work and, and kind of feel that emotion that you were experiencing at that particular time that you wrote it? Absolutely. Um, a lot of my poetry yeah. is written from what I see, what I experience, what I hear, what I feel. Um, a lot of my poetry is very, very tangible. And, right. and it's, it's really, really involved with the senses around me. I want people to be able to, to feel it in some kind of way. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so for you, um, getting out here, and when, when was that first moment that, um, and, and seeing people's impact 
um, because we know that when we get out here and we express ourselves through words, and like you said, you know, seeing people's um, reaction to it in thus far, uh, when did you realize that this was something that you needed to continue? Because sometimes we find that we have a passion or a gift for doing something, but we don't always continue doing it uh, depending on, you know, where we are in life. So what made you decide, you know, I'm going to keep on doing this? Yes. Uh, well, when I put my first book together in 2009, my first poetry book, mm-hmm. that was yeah. just uh, something for me to say, all right, I have a, a, a collection of poems. But it wasn't until I, read, I wrote my second poetry book that I started to actually take the craft more seriously, started studying it, started to analyze and say, okay, this is something I can really do, something that I not only have a passion for, but something that I can see myself Continue, continuing to do and continuing to inspire people with my poetry. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so for you, uh, writing that that very first book um, and now um, having released uh, one just recently, have you been able to see your growth not only um, as a poet, a writer, but just as a person, as a man? Uh, as a human, have you been able to see your growth um, over the period of time? Great question. Yes, absolutely. Um, because, <clears throat> ironically, uh, my last two books, this book, Gemini, and my previous book, Solar Radiance, is me, my first books, well, my books that are under the moniker Negus Adiemi. And my first two books mm-hmm. were under my birth name, um, Kevin Miller. But so each one is, is a growth. So I'm growing into a new name, a new being, a new entity, a uh, new title. But also, um, if, if any of you guys have the back, or have, have my books, um, Solar Radiance or Gemini, on the back cover mm-hmm. of Solar Radiance is when my wife was pregnant with my first son. And wow. there's a picture of her belly. And on the, on the back of Gemini is, a, is an actual picture of my son. So you can see the growth not just on the covers, <laughs> yeah. but you can also, yeah. you will also see the growth in the poetry as well too. Um, you will see the content. You will see the this the, how much I study the art and craft and skill. How much I've tried to not try, but how much I've um, fine tuned what it is I wanted to have. Because um, solar mm-hmm. radiance is more of just enlightening, of bringing awareness and bringing light and bringing clarity. Now Gemini is more of being more keen with your vision, your sight, mm-hmm. and your goals, just seeing sharper. So solar rays is just bringing brightness, illumination, uh, awareness. Now Gemini is about being more clear of what you see, bring activating the gem in your eye. Right. Absolutely, and of course, um, over over the 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 years, um, a lot of things have definitely taken place. Um, in the world uh, from uh, we've had numerous um, of our brothers and sisters um, who have been gunned down through gun violence, police brutality, all these different things, changes in presidency, uh, politics, you name it. And so over the time, as a writer, have you seen your own writing uh, reflect that of what's taking place um, around us at this very moment. Absolutely. I mean, um, yeah. 
Nina, Nina Simone has a, a quote. I don't want to, I don't know it um, verbatim, but mm-hmm. she references that um, how can you be an artist and not reflect the times? So mm-hmm. it, I, I make sure that my poetry is reflective of, of the times because I, when, when when my sons grow up, I want them to be cognizant yes. and aware of what transpired, right. what was going on when, when I was here when it's present with my, you know, my children, my grandchildren, and grandchildren, they can always had that physical book to look back and say, wow, this was going on. And let me see if there's any change that has transpired or or mm-hmm. is a change transpiring or is it moving? So, yeah, so it's very important. Okay. Absolutely. And oftentimes I've heard um, several poets who have been on the show talk about how um, as poetry and spoken word um, artists, oftentimes you guys are are the voice for the voiceless, you know, for those who um, may not, you know, can find the words to express how they're feeling or how they're going through. Do you think that when 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 things are, oh, intention is very high um, around us, uh, things are happening, does it put pressure on you um, as a spoken word artist to express that and to get that emotion out there? Yeah, I, I, I don't feel the pressure. Um, yeah, for me yeah. personally, because I write naturally of what's going on right. around me. Um, I'm right. not the poet who writes the jovial um, <laughs> stuff that's not reflective outside. Like I write right. the things that I see, you know. Right. So if right. our neighborhoods are not happy, if I don't like what I see in our neighborhoods and our families and our homes, our schools, our job situations, our financial situations, and everything, like I write about the things that we see that are natural to us, that shouldn't be natural to us, but I write what our everyday experiences. Absolutely, absolutely. And so um, for you um, and, and, and getting out here and going around, performing at different places, um, what what is the energy um, or the vibe that you're able to pick up from people um, who have um, the pleasure of, of hearing your pieces? Oh man, it's it's an array. I I, I get yeah. the emotions where people come up to me and and thank me for the poem. Whether they say that they mm-hmm. they went through it, they experience it, they feel it, they love it. I've also had an experience where I performed at this event, and this elder <laughs> this elder came up to me afterwards, and um, you know, very displeased, and he said. Mm. Um, you know, he said, uh, you know, this is the reason why um, we don't move ahead as a people because y'all always talk about y'all, y'all young people or y'all generation, whoever it is, um, always want to talk about slavery. You know, so we always want to talk about enslavement or, you know, that period. Hmm. And yeah. um, so it, it, you, you get a variety. And I'll do my best not to. I'll let my words go, and they do what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. afterwards. I don't get caught up in yeah. trying to make people like it or trying to make people feel comfortable because mm-hmm. in this nation and in this country, none of us should be comfortable because we're not comfortable right. with how we're being paid, Absolutely. how we're being treated, how we're being looked at, how we're being, how our homes, our relationships are with our mates, with our children, with our, you know, right. we shouldn't, we shouldn't be comfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And I think that sometimes, um, as people, you know, whether we are part of the younger generation or um, elders, I think that, you know, 
how we express ourselves is depending on, you know, how, how we are feeling um, in our life in that moment, in that zone, you know, and and it's very possible, you know, like he said, you know, as he was talking about, you know, because we're always referring to slavery or whatnot, but maybe uh, for you or for a lot of younger of us, younger generation, we feel like we're still dealing with slavery, you know, it may not be in the magnitude in which it was, you know, decades ago, but in, in some sense, you know, we, we are still dealing with that. And so um, for you, um, and I heard you mention um, your sons. And and so when you do your pieces and, and when you get out here, um, how much um, of your your work is taken from personal inventory, you know, things that you um, have experienced, you know, whether with your kids um, or your personal life, or do you kind of mix it of what you've gathered from others as well as yourself? Uh, where, where do you draw your inspiration from? I would say it's about 75 to 80%, 75% to 85% of the poetry that in my books, personal. Okay. But a lot of it, I, I, well, how I write, I don't force writing. I, I let the words come to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know cause I know that it, will, it flows better for me. And yeah. it sounds better when I yeah. sit down and say, I'm going to write something, it doesn't come out good at all. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I channel different things. I... You know, I may just go outside and see a young brother dribbling a ball across the street, and that might that might inspire something to me. Um, writing something. Absolutely. I, I, Absolutely. I, I use life. Life. Life is my muse to um, my writing. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a little break, you guys, but we're going to come back uh, with more Nick Goose uh, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show, you guys. Hey, everyone. It's me, Lisa, from the Conversations with Trent Show, featuring, you guessed it, me. Be sure to tune in Friday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living, right here on your radio network, YRN Society of the artificial and superficial still remains the authentic. You can remove our original names, our spiritual practices, our drums, try your best to have us off beat. You can even remove our feet like Kunta, but with this hand I am still going to eat. Circumnavigate mine with just one hand. You can't shackle me. You see, my pen is like a master key creating mastery. And with each poem, I master thee. See, you can't shackle me. 
I throw words effortlessly and precisely like a perfectly photographed, crystallized, captured, capoeiric kick and emerald tip Zulu spears piercing heart chakras, making sure each strike is aligned right with magnetic hematite within or without margins, never marginalized or compromised from how I feel because the intent of these words I'm a laser surgeon and my pen touches his pad. I'm a sage with sage, cleansing with each stroke, purifying the uncivilized like the Moors when they conquered Rome. You see, my pen is a constant traveler and it always roams. Even when it proceeds to be out of ink, it replenishes itself in nanoseconds so I always have more. See? Swimming and deep diving between these lines like a Maureen. And when the ink dries, I display memorable monuments erected like Stonehenge, built by Maureen. And I know all of this might be difficult to swallow. You would think that I gave you a pill like Morpheus, and you love it. To your dopamines, it's amorous. To the clan, it's vanglorious. Exterminating all false truths and bonded, see? You see, my pen is a thriller. MJ in Manila, how these words keep boxing you in the face because I write, leaving indentations as box I plus. I also write out of the box, cutter, cutting, cryptic calligraphy upon perfectly picked papyrus, which is why the police is always after us. Constantly searching me for contraband, knowing I'm a one-man band, orchestrating symphonies, giving the mentally enslaved epiphanies, engraving their cerebral with the words, you can't shackle me, because I write to set my people free. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And we are joined by Negus Ediima, you guys. And tonight we um, are discussing poetry, spoken word, um, his books, and more, you guys. And that was a piece um, entitled You Can't Shackle Me. Uh, one of my favorites, Negus. I, I, I definitely love that one. I, I definitely, uh, definitely love that one. Thank you. Absolutely, thank you, thank you. absolutely. And... Of course, I wanted to ask you, um, getting out here, um, because I know that you all, you have written a total of four books, and so um, what was it that inspired you? Um, because oftentimes we write. I know for me, I've been journaling for years, and so what made you decide, um, you know, as you were writing, that, you know what, this is something that I want to put in books. I want people to be able to read this and, and go back and reflect upon it if they need be. Uh, when did you get that first initiate, you know, initial feeling, you know, that you wanted um, to create a book and, and put your poetry um, in books? Well, I felt that once I reached a certain amount of poems that I had, I was like, mm-hmm. man, these are a lot of poems. Like, what what can I do with these? I, I can't just <laughs> right. I can't just leave them. <laughs> I can't just leave them here and let them rot. Right. Or you know, so I just said, let me let me see. Maybe I could just compile them. And right. um, you know, that's that's what I've been doing. And and the more 
books that I've created. Like I said, I just finished my fourth poetry book. I now look at it now, especially being a father to two sons, mm-hmm. and I now look at it as um, legacy stamps that my sons yes. can see when they grow up and say that, you Absolutely. know, my father is an author, he was a poet, spoken word artist, and these words can be passed down to their children. Yeah. Uh, I, I still I still Absolutely. have I, I still have albums of my father. So I'll be able to pass them down to my sons too. So so, you know, these yeah. tangible things to show that we were here and while we were here on this planet that we left some kind of stance, a kind of mark to know that we were here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as as a father, uh, do you believe that it is, you know, very pertinent that we, um, that men leave their legacy um, for their children? Absolutely. I, it's imperative yeah. because um, as we can see today with a lot of our young men, our young boys, that what not being guided can do, I mean, male guidance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also it's like when you you have no identity, you don't know where you come from, you don't know the greatness that you have, or the, or the men in your life before you have done before you, or for you, you know you you may spend a lot of time doing things that you have no business doing, or you getting caught up in things that are not of your lineage. So, for mm-hmm. instance, if if uh, I come up in a, a you know a line of tailors and Say, for instance, I never met my father, and he was a master tailor. I grew up mm-hmm. thinking that I need to be, I don't know, an architect or something, where right. I had this innate, where I have this innate skill that has been passed down through his DNA, where that's something I should be continuing, the skill, the craft. You know, those things are very right. important things that we should be handed down and passing down to our boys, skills, right. so that they can be self-sufficient. A job Absolutely. is okay, but then they also need skills that, they can be self-sufficient and be able to um, take care of themselves and their family on. Absolutely. 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 And, of course, um, and I wanted to ask you, because oftentimes uh, people have the misconception that, you know, men men don't always express themselves. Um, And so um, to be able to um, talk about various things uh, within your poetry what do you how, what what advice do you offer to those men who um like you said for you you know going through a difficult time this was you know that outlet this was that release um of things that you were experiencing so what advice do you offer to those men out here who find that challenging you know um to express themselves um inward or just expressing themselves um period mm-hmm. Well, for every man, it's different. Um, I'm yeah. so fortunate that I've been learning learning to be more in tune with myself. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, me being a Gemini, me being born on the last day of Gemini, yeah, and and re and realizing the talents and skills of Gemini's. So Gemini's mm-hmm. are the twins. They're the, they're the duality. They are the master communicators. Right. They are the ones right. that have the energy of two beings. They are the ones that know how to be in tune with male and female. They know how to communicate well. They are the ones that uh, are, are great writers. The majority of the great writers in the history, present in history, are majority are Geminis. You know, whether it be right, whether it be Nikki Giovanni, whether it be uh, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Heavy D, 
Um, he, he can go, you know, Tupac, Biggie, uh, you know, he can go on and on. So, Absolutely. You know, so I, I would say find out what fits best for you. It could be mm-hmm. cooking. It could be uh, doing work on a car. It could be archery. It could be yoga. It could be exercising. It could be basketball. So just find whatever outlet it is that works best for you and always make sure you make time for it and use that energy in a constructive way and not a destructive way. But it's always Absolutely. best to build, always best to build and destroy. But you have to also destroy in order to build. So mm, always find okay. ways that would that are that are great and conducive with what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, um, now uh, you have just, um, a, well, a couple months ago, uh, released um, your latest book um, entitled uh, Gemini. And so explain to us how um, different is 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 the context um, in which Gemini holds versus what people might have first received um, in that first uh, book that you released, um, Love. Okay, well, they're definitely going to see the maturity in my mm-hmm. writing, the growth, uh, the how I have worked on my craft, mm-hmm. and um, also you know also that I give give props to my wife too because she is a major <laughs> muse, <laughs> a major yeah. muse to my writing. Yeah. She has, she, cha- she challenged me um, actually right before I changed my name to Negus Eliami. She challenged me to write deeper, to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, how she foresaw how I could write. So she believed in me. She challenged me. And, you know, now I'm at the level of writing where I'm at now. So she was the one, she was the catalyst of telling me, you know, you can write deeper than this, right? You, you know, you can write better than this. So, you know, just like with any person, any any skill or, or, or uh, um, trade, skilled person, that you know, they go and go back in the lab and, and study or, or sharpen their swords or knives or go back to the chemistry lab and go back over the calculations. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I do. So I'm at the level now where wow. I, don't, I don't even consent with her in my poems. I, I write a poem and she would just say, I, I just want to see it in the book now. I don't want to hear it anymore. She already knows and believes the level of, of yeah. my approach now. So she's like, all right. It's yeah. beautiful. I, I don't need to hear yeah. it. I'll read it in the book. <laughs> <laughs> so, that yeah, is that, that, beautiful. That's yeah. So what? It, what? Absolutely. We got. We hey. We 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 behold those type of characteristics. <laughs> As women, we 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 behold those. And so, um, of course, um, uh, for you. And I heard you mention um the change of your name. And so what um encouraged you or uh, what was the process for you in changing your name to Negus Ediema? Yeah, so um, for 12 years, I was a practicing Rastafarian. And okay. The the term, the title, Ras, Ras means head or prince. Right, okay. And um, Tafari or Teferi, as it's pronounced, means he who is, is um, feared, revered, and respected. And um, okay. I was going through a spiritual transformation when I met my wife. Okay. And mm-hmm. um, I decided to cut my locks. I had long locks. And it wasn't until wow. I, cut my, I cut my hair that I felt a name coming on. I always wanted to, 
I always knew or thought that when the time came, a name would come to me. Because yeah. um, I, I respect the name that my parents gave to me. But I felt like I, I outgrew it. I felt like that was like my okay. little boy name. <laughs> so yeah. I felt like I needed something <laughs> else to, some, something else for me to grow into. Yeah. And uh, I said, okay, well, everybody is Ross, Ross, Ross. So I don't feel like a prince king now. So I went and looked to yeah. see what the word king was in Amharic, which is the um, major primary language in Ethiopia. Ethiopia, so, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so in, in Amharic, the word king is negus, N-E-G-U-S. That's how it's properly pronounced, negus. And um, I said, okay, I'll go with that. And at the time, like I said, I was living in Jersey, and I had a neighbor of mine, a, a Nigerian brother, who was Yoruba, a very good friend of mine, still up to today. Actually, he's the one that took me to my first open mic. <laughs> and um, wow. his, last name is, his last name is Adiemi. So one day, I said okay. to him, I said, I said, what, what, what does Adiemi mean? He said, the crown fits me well. I was like, ah, mm. okay. I got awesome. it now. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I said, yeah. Um, you know, I, I asked him for my permission to, 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 uh, to adopt it, you know. So he said, of course, you're my brother. So I said, all right, so I'm, I'm going with it. So that's how Negus Adiemi <laughs> came about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've heard so many um, men um, speak of, and some people think, you know, when when people just cut off their dreads, okay, they're just cutting it off. But I've heard so many men um, over the last few years talk about um, the kind of the, I guess, the the, the spiritual and bodily and, and mental change that you feel uh, when you when you cut off your locks. And so, um, for you uh, doing that process, uh, what is what what is that kind of experience like? Um, because I've heard a, a lot of people talk about, you know, the, the cutting of the locks and how it does make um, a lot of men uh, feel different, you know, in, in a different mindset. What do you believe is the attachment, um, that, that bond between man and, and those dreads? Because it's, for, it's just more, it's much more than hair um, for some people. And so what do you believe that attachment is there? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, your hair is, is, is an extension of your being. Um, the the yeah. great Mutabaruka um, spoke about as like, your scalp being the roots and your hair being like branches or leaves or grass, whatever it is. You know, whatever you put into your mind mm-hmm. is, what, is how your lock's going to be. And, and those locks are like, an extension of you. You know, they, they receive yeah. everything. It's like um, the, the, uh, my, my brother Joshua Shira speaks about his locks as, uh, you know, antennas and, you know, how receptive they are because they really do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. channel in things and bring them right into your brain. So you always got to be cognizant of who touches your locks, whether they're around, um, you know, that's how a lot of rasses cover their locks, you know, to keep that yeah. energy secluded and not getting caught up mm-hmm. in the worldly things or, you know, people touching them and so forth. So I, it, it, your hair is very much entombed and attached to you. You know, it, 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 mm-hmm. our hair, our hair is the same um, shape as, you know, the double helix of our, of our DNA, that, you know, how, yeah. how our hair coils. So, absolutely. You know, it's very yeah. important. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, of course, <clears throat> um, looking back, um, and, and when you first began um, writing, uh, did you ever think that, 
it would be something that you you kept doing persistently? Did you think it was something that you would just be doing for a specific time period, or did you once you got into it, did you know that yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in this for the long haul? <laughs> when I got into it, I had no idea that I would be writing still. I will be performing, yeah. <laughs> and I will be creating a business, you know, out of my yeah. artistry. I never thought yeah. all these things when I first started it. And um, that's, you know, that's a part of evolution, part of growth, the part of uh, being at the level where you're so comfortable in yourself. Absolutely. And, and I wanted to talk about that business part because you have um, Eddie Ema, um Artistry Incorporated. And so tell yes. the folks out there a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, Adiemi Artistry Incorporated is my business where I do sell my poetry books through. Um, I also um, host and, and have events. Um, so any event that I have as mine will be under Adiemi Artistry. All my books okay. and bookmarks, other things I'm selling, uh, it'll be through that business. Okay, okay, okay. Awesome, 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 awesome. And uh, what I want to do is I, I want people um, to have the opportunity to listen to some more of your pieces. So um, before I play this um, next piece, um, uh, this one's entitled um, War is Art. And so talk to us a little bit about what was uh, the inspiration behind War is Art. Well, this this is a special poem because this is not in the book, actually. A uh, very good mm-hmm. friend of mine, uh, by the name uh, Brank Nap Nagashi, he put together, he's a rapper, he put together an album, and he wanted me to do the intro and outro to his album. So that is actually um, the outro to the album. The, the, the album is entitled um, Wars of Art and Peace, and Pieces and Effort. So that's why those are how it's labeled and titled. So he just said, Nagus, I have this album. I would love for you to do the intro and outro. So I said, okay. So I got back to him in a couple months (laughs) with the intro and outro. (laughs) It didn't take me that long. It was about about a couple months. I completed the intro and outro, and that's it. And I went in the studio, recorded it for him, or with him, I should say. And um, that was my first time in the studio actually recording poetry. But, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was was a great experience. I never would have thought. That'll be you know on the rap album, doing the <laughs> intro and outro, you know my poetry and uh, but it's a blessing and an honor for people to believe in you Absolutely. and to want to want them to bless your your project. So thankful. Definitely, definitely. So we're gonna allow the folks to hear this, you guys. So here is uh, war is art, you guys. We'll be right back with more uh, negus on the beautiful butterfly show. Strategically. I've been patiently awaiting the strike. I understand that there is an art to war. So as I stand over you, contemplating completion of my latest portrait, channeling Ogun, I dismember you with bladed iron, reconstructing your irons, sending you back home to Zion, detaching your body from spirit, You recognize my shadow is Shango with a halo of a full blood moon over my head and all you see is red. Immaculately shaped 
perfect portraits of me continuing to penetrate your breastplate, becoming my centerfold, watching your center fold, redecorating every organ and body part, because war is an art. Hey everybody, how y'all doing? This is Lyrics Brown, author of the Law to the Hustle series 1 and 2. Also author of The Devil's Calling, Car 1, 2, and 3. All available on Amazon. And when I'm not writing, I'm listening to Bianca Fly here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Y'all be easy. And welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And we are joined this evening by poet, author, spoken word artist, you guys, Negus, Ema. And so, of course, uh, we um, are glad to talk about his book, uh, Gemini, uh, this evening, you guys, and his poetry, what inspired all of those great things. And um, Negus, um, we did have a question um, from a caller. Um, from a, I'm sorry, a listener, um, and Erica out of Houston, Texas. Uh, she wants to know, as a poet, um, when you go perform to different venues, um, how do you go about choosing uh, which piece you want to do? Uh, because, like you said, you have a, a whole bunch of different pieces. So, how do you go about choosing uh, which piece you choose to perform? That's, that's, that's a great question, Erica. Uh, well, normally what I do, <clears throat> since I have a, a variety of different topics and uh, things I write about, I first analyze to see if the event has a theme. Mm-hmm. If the event has a theme, I then do poems that are in unison with the theme. And if the, the event does not have a theme, then I, I then analyze and, and scan the crowd. You know, because, uh, you know, if there's younger people in there, I may do poems that may not have content that I feel won't be appropriate for younger ears, mm-hmm, whether it be mm-hmm. erotic or anything else. So I I assess the environment first, and then mm-hmm. do then upon that, then I do the poems I feel fits best. But I then also sometimes do something completely different to test myself, to test to see where the audience is. So. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. And um, I wanted to ask you, um, speaking um, of genres, uh, because you have um, a lot of poets who uh, sometimes uh, stick to certain, you know, genres. Some people may stick strictly to um, erotica or politics. And so for you, um, how have you managed um, to broaden your 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 craft um, in various genres rather than just sticking um, into just one. Yes, I, I do my best not to be confined to a genre in my mm-hmm. poetry because I feel that my poetry, if you ever, you know, when you guys read my book, Gemini, you will see that I don't have one topic or one style or one type of poems that mm-hmm. I include. I don't, I don't write that way. I write, like I said, I write life. I write what I see, write what I feel, write what I hear write what I go through. So, you know, one poem might be erotic. One poem might be social political. One poem mm-hmm. might be about life. One poem might be yeah. about 
uh, what's going on in the Caribbean. One poem might be about be about history, so or culture, you know. So I have multiple topics that I write about, and I, and I guess it goes back to um, Erica's question. It, it gives me the luxury of performing at many different venues, many different events, and having poems mm-hmm. that are aligned with that. Right. Absolutely. And Justin from Atlanta wants to know, as a poet, um, what have you found to be uh, the pros and the cons of promoting yourself um, as a spoken word artist, as an author? Well, uh, the pros is um, having the Internet. (laughs) So yeah. you can have you upload <laughs> yeah. you can, you can you can upload videos on YouTube on Facebook um, you can upload the snippets of your mm-hmm. poems you can create mm-hmm. events and you know broadcast them share them you can create mailing lists and you know, disperse them to all over the globe because everyone's connected to the internet mm-hmm. uh, you know you can be anywhere where people are high traffic and say hey I have these flyers or hey I have this book out. You know, it's a great way to communicate with people because poetry mm-hmm. is uh, it's a talent. And it's, it, it, it used to be, still is, but it used to really, really be a title that was revered. So, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in antiquity and civilizations, people would come to the poet right. to say what needs to be said or done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Some of the cons now uh, is just... Is, it's in its own genre, so it's difficult mm-hmm. to go up against people who rap or anything else that has a musical beat behind it. Right. Or right. Um, I feel that poetry events or venues aren't as well attended or supported as, you know, whether it be uh, rap or anything else that has music rap behind concerts. it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that would say that would, that would probably be, that would probably be the, the con or the struggling part, but... Mm-hmm. Just like with conscious artists in any genre, whether it be reggae, rap, R&B, whatever it is, you know, those aren't the ones that are really pushed mainstream or wildly exposed. So, you know, the job or duty as a poet is to be authentic and true to yourself. So, you know, for me, I can only speak for me, but me being a poet, I didn't go into writing poetry or being a poet or spoken word artist to become this famous writer or famous person or poet. You know, I right. want my poetry right. packed full on my words to leave a legacy or mark to our youth, to my generation, to the elders. I want to be able to, whenever, whenever, whenever I perform, to touch, if not everyone that can hear me or see me, but at least one person to make a change, to inspire, to aspire, to ignite something in them to do better or be better. Right. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, for you, um, in Gemini, um, for you in this um, book, what? And I know it's, a, it's quite a few, um, but for you, which poem, if any, um, definitely gave you a challenge? Are, are there some poems that have definitely given you a challenge to to fulfill in the way that you wanted to um, over the years? Nah. I didn't feel any challenges. Yeah. I, the the yeah. most difficult part when I'm putting together a poetry book is to decide what is going in the book and what is not going <laughs> in the book. <laughs> yeah. That's probably yeah. the most difficult process for me. But um, yeah. I write poems and I leave them there and then I'll decide what goes in, what goes out. 
that's probably the most difficult absolutely. part. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's see here. And uh, Christina uh, from Ohio, uh, she wants to know who are some um, forefathers in poetry who have definitely inspired you um, as a poet? Okay, well, yeah, very good question. Um, The last poets, Gail Scott Heron, Malik Youssef, Kalam Acey, Sonny Patterson, um, Adrian Green of Barbados, uh, Jay Ivey. Uh, I mean, lots of Lauren Hills is an accurate poet myself. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, I mean, um, anyone who wrote or said things that are inspiring, so even I thought Malcolm X was an immaculate poet. Marcus Garvey was an immaculate poet. Shirley Chisholm was an immaculate poet. <clears throat> um, you know, poetry is not just this thing where you stand behind a microphone or audience and you, you know, it's not about cadence. No, that um, I mean, the, the brother Kessid uh, is, a, you know, someone that inspires me too. You know, just someone who speaks and has a message and, and is able to move people and empower them in a way that they feel better than they did before they heard you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, of course, for you, uh, what is Megu's definition of what poetry is? Mm. Very good question, Bianca. Um, Poetry is... words formulated to make a change in someone or something. Absolutely. That's how we define it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and for you, um, in, in speaking of poetry, um, I, I oftentimes believe that we, we often hear music is, music is the soundtrack, soundtrack of life. Um, but also if we take the time to read some great poetry, we find that some poetry um, can be the soundtrack um, to life because it gives us that different experiences or different emotions or feelings um, that we feel depending on what we're going through um, at the particular time. And so uh, and for you, uh, and I know you have your um, electrical engineering job that you do, um, but if it wasn't for that um, and poetry, do you see yourself um, doing anything else other um, but then, then, then poetry and spoken words? At this current phase and cycle of my life, no. Poetry. Yeah. I, um, I do my best to write all the time and study the craft, watch other performers. I'm, I'm still a student myself. Um, yeah. You know, one can never stop learning how to be a master and to be excellent. So, you know, even though I perform a lot, I write and I have my books out, I still take the time and the liberty to watch other poets. That's how I learn. That's how I become better. And also, you know, I like to be entertained too, just like the audience loves to be entertained when I'm performing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, um, it goes for the people out here. Um, but I did have another quick question I did want to ask you. As far as, because you always come out with very um, unique titles 
um, for your book. And so where do you draw the inspiration um, for the titles for your book? Mm, very good question. Uh, for my books under the goose, Eddie, I mean, well, my first book was called Love, which was an acronym for letting mm-hmm. out vast emotions. The right. second book was Mind of, Mind of a Mature Lion. My third book, Solar Radiance, but written in one word, and this new one, Gemini. I actually, these last two, these last two books, um, they were actually inspired by Music Soul Child's albums, how all okay. of his albums were one, were one word, but they were multiple yeah, words inside yeah. of it. Right, uh-huh. so I always was, was fascinated and amazed at how his brother made these titles. Like, wow, like I just want to sing this. You know, it's spelled the way it is. It's always it's one word. I'm like, wow, this brother is, yeah. man, like, I never thought about anything like that. So, like I said, when I went through my transformation, <laughs> I said, I, said, I said, you know what? Uh, solar Radiance. But instead yeah. of spelling it regularly, I just spelled it S-O-U-L-A-R-A-D-I-A-N-C-E, one word. Yeah. And now Gemini, you know, G-E-M-I-N-E-Y-E. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue the theme because I already have the title for my next book. Oh, I'm not going to say it, obviously, <laughs> but it's going to go along with the same. It's, it's, it's going to go along with the same theme. The one word, but it's a word that you you will hear regularly, but you may not think of it or see it the way that it's, it's written. Or, but yeah, I do my best to be clever. Um, yeah. Put together titles that are that catch you. That uh, hold, on, hold on, did I see that? Is that spelled correctly, or you know, I want to be able to <laughs> catch you to see if you pay attention. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, of course, I, I know you uh, mentioned you have a, a new book coming up, and so of course, um, what's um, next in store um, for Negus? You got the new book coming up. Uh, what are, what other plans do you have in store um, for yourself uh, this year? Yes, for this year, um, I have. Uh, for anybody who's in New York, Harlem area in particular, I have uh, my next book signing happening on July 22nd at Sisters Uptown Bookstore. Um, all the way in November, it's going to be in Brooklyn. Um, I have, I'm going to have my third annual event entitled Beijing Brought Up Sea, which is a, um, a cultural event for all artists. All the artists who perform are going to be from Barbados or, or Beijing uh, oh, heritage or heritage. So it's, yeah. it's a commemoration to Barbados Independence. That's going to be my you know, next at any artistry event in November. And um, I have a, a variety of other, other events throughout in between that too. But um, definitely my book now, Gemini, uh, which you can obviously find at my website, uh, com. A-D-E-Y-E-M-I-A-R-T-I-S-T-R-Y.com. Uh, yeah, I, that's right now I got a very very busy July. <laughs> um, I have a, a writing <laughs> workshop. I have a writing workshop that I'm doing at the end of the month. Um, you know, a lot of different events, a lot of different features, book signings. So I'm doing my best to get my word and my book out there. And I'm, I'm very very thankful and appreciative uh, to you, Bianca, and your beautiful butterfly show for giving me the platform to speak to your audience, let them know who I am and what it is that I do. Absolutely. And, of course, I, I did want to ask you, is there a possible chance um, of a poetry um, CD in the works? Ah, see, I see. I, I love the questions. Love the questions. 
this whole this this whole year I've been having people ask me to put together yeah. a CD. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that might be something in the new year that I, I might start compiling. Yeah, I think I think it would be great. I think it would be awesome. I think it would be awesome to do it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank definitely, you. definitely, definitely. And, of course, I, I'm going to put you on the spot a bit because I, I know that oftentimes uh, people like to hear poet, poets uh, spit a live piece. So you, you got a piece you want to share with us uh, before you get ready to get out of here? <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, hey, <laughs> not a problem, not a problem, not a problem, not a problem. I'll, I'll do a nice, a nice, a nice short one for you. I know we have time. Okay. So um, <laughs> this poem is inside the, po- uh, the book, Gemini. It's called Galactic. She told me that I need to study more astrology. So I pulled out my telescope in search of her cosmos. She then calls me king like ah, most, most death. She's a black star. Connecting, forming constellations, erecting this big dipper, defibrillating her heart chakra, causing palpitations of cardiac ejaculation, catalyst of her Milky Way form for light years where there is no gravity, feels so sweet, my lens got a cavity. Space gazing so long, night is becoming day, she's metamorphosing into our set. So I set down my telescope soaking wet with a residue I never before saw. She said, this is how I resurrect a saw. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. And, of course, um, they goose for the folks out here who want to connect with you. Uh, maybe they want you to um, come and perform at an event. How can they get in touch with you, and, and how can they connect with you as far as um, social media and all those avenues? Yes. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Adiemi Artistry. A-D-E-Y-E-M-I-A-R-T-I-S-T-R-Y. That is also my website, too, adiemiartistry.com. And you can also email me at adiemiartistry at gmail.com. So let me spell it again just in case somebody went to go get a pen and everything else. It's A-D-E-Y-E-M-I. A R T I S T R Y. And you can, yeah, on YouTube, you can put the name in, Negus Adiemi, you know, videos will come up. And you can also be able to hear and see me there that way too. Absolutely, absolutely, Ed. I have to tell you, I definitely um, love uh, your pieces. I've been able to uh, hear some of those that you perform live um, at various places, and I enjoy them. And uh, definitely uh, would love to have you come back on here uh, again, and, and maybe next time we'll just do some poetry, let you let you go in and, and do your thing. And, and uh, I would definitely love to have you back. I uh, look forward to more of what is going to come from you. Um, in, in time, and so I just definitely want to thank you for coming on the show um, and sharing with us this evening. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you to everyone who listened across the globe. I know you have a global audience, so I want to say yeah. thank you to everyone wherever you are on this 
planet. <laughs> I, I, I hope you enjoyed the interview. I, I'm thankful for listening. I'm thankful that you're, you're interested in my poetry, and um, you know, I hope that I'm able to connect with you soon. Absolutely. And, um, you know. Absolutely. Sounds good. And I hope you have a, a great rest of your evening and, and rest of your week, and I'll be talking with you again soon. Yes, thank you very much, Bianca. It was, it was a pleasure thank to be you. on your Beautiful Butterfly show. And, yes, I, w- I will be on here again. <laughs> I would love awesome. to. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> you have a good one. You too, Sister Peace. All right. All right, you guys, that was poet and spoken word artist and author, Nick Goose Eddie Emmy, you guys. And, uh, man, go out and support him. Uh, you can go to his website, www.eddieemmeartistry.com, and I'm going to be posting that link on my page as well. And so um, I'm going to play another one of his tracks entitled um, Peace is an effort, and it truly is, my people. So we're going to play this and want to come back, and I'm going to tell you who's coming up next week uh, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. This act is only a piece of this effortless deed, tilling the soil to plant a seed that will one day become a tree. Suffice water, sunlight, and oxygen inhale. Bring it all in. Take another deep breath. Enhance your chi. Consume your lungs with harmony. Fill your bronchioles with the aroma of sage, cleansing your aura before entering this sacred space. You're almost there. This beautiful place. Envision balance. Become one with ma'at. Still, like the Buddha, reflect on how your life was before it was complete war. Do you remember when? Look at you now, almost at complete zen. You've held your breath for this long, now exhale. Think back at the work and reaction of that seed, because that is you and me. We are nothing without those roots and that tree. We are all connected. I never said that this would be easy. And yes, there was some discomfort. But now you know that peace is an effort. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. Once again, big shouts out to Nick Goose and the Emi, you guys, uh, for blessing our show tonight. I really enjoyed um, having the conversation and dialogue with him. Make sure you guys go out, support him. Um, and if he's coming in your city, go out, support him. Show him some love, you guys. And coming up next Tuesday, we got author Simply Shonda. She's coming on. She's going to be talking about her book entitled When It Feels Like Home. That's coming up Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And next week, uh, we have author, motivational speaker, guru, OTT Wright, you guys. She's going to be here uh, next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. We're going to have another week of fantastic guests over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And as always, we appreciate you guys' love and support uh, because we couldn't do it without you guys. And so we're going to get ready to get out of here, folks. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic um 
all rest of your weekend. And uh, you guys be good. I am Bianca Fly, and I'll see you next time. In the society of the artificial and superficial still remains the authentic. You can remove our original names, our spiritual practices, our drums, try your best to have us off beat. You can even remove our feet like Kunta, but with this hand I am still going to eat. Circumnavigate mine with just one hand, you can't shackle me. You see, my pen is like a master key creating mastery, and with each poem I master thee. See? You can't shackle me. I throw words effortlessly and precisely like a perfectly photographed, crystallized, captured capoeira kick and emerald tip Zulu spears piercing heart chakras, making sure each strike is aligned right with magnetic hematite within or without margins, never marginalized or compromised from how I feel because the intent of these words I'm a laser surgeon and my pen touches this pad. I'm a sage with sage, cleansing with each stroke, purifying the uncivilized like the Moors when they conquered Rome. You see, my pen is a constant traveler and it always roams. Even when it proceeds to be out of ink, it replenishes itself in nanoseconds so I always have more. See? Swimming and deep diving between these lines like a Maureen. And when the ink dries, I display memorable monuments erected like Stonehenge, built by Morian. And I know all of this might be difficult to swallow. You would think that I gave you a pill like Morpheus, and you love it. To your dopamines, it's Amorous. To the clan, it's Dan Glorious. Exterminating all false truths and bondage, see? You see, my pen is a thriller. MJ in Manila, how these words keep boxing you in the face because I write, leaving indentations with box I plus. I also write out of the box, cutter, cutting, cryptic calligraphy upon perfectly picked papyrus, which is why the police is always after us. Constantly searching me for contraband, knowing I'm a one-man band, orchestrating symphonies, giving the mentally enslaved epiphanies, engraving their cerebral with the words, you can't shackle me, because I write to set my people free. Radio Network.